Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream On Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this episode is going to be a story time episode because the overwhelming results for the survey that I asked you all to fill out, the listener survey, um, is that you guys widely enjoy the story time episodes. And so obviously I was like, okay, let's see what we've got because it's also been a while since I've done one of those. And I was really excited to find that there was actually a story that I have not told on the podcast that I already really wanted to tell. Like from the day that I had it, I woke up and was like, oh yeah, this is going in an episode. Um, And it is extremely silly, very lucid, and like a little bit embarrassing just because of how silly it is. Um, But it was a really, really fun dream for me just because it was like, I don't know, it was very, it was really fun um, just to be in it. Um, and it was also extremely vivid upon waking up. Like I can still see it in my mind right now. And I just bought myself an iPad, which was my, my friend was selling it and it was still very expensive, but obviously I got it for a discount because I bought it secondhand for my friend. So I bought it and I got procreate And I think I'm just going to go insane on the art. So I'm hoping to make more dream art and I can like post it. And I think that this one is a good one because in my mind, there's like this specific courtyard where a lot happens in the dream. And I think I'll draw out that one. And that'll be fun to look at after you've heard me tell the dream story and see like how it matches up with what you thought it looked like, Um, (laughs) which obviously probably will be different because we can't describe things in that much detail, but I think it'll also be helpful moving forward in the future. If there's things that are like difficult to describe, then I can always draw them and be like, look at this, this is from this dream. And then I can post it in different places. Like on the Instagram, I can post like the episode thing, like I always do. And then when you slide over, I can post the art in the same place. So that'll be awesome moving forward. But, um, I have the first dream, which is the one that I just mentioned. And then in the same night, I had a much shorter dream, but one that was still very vivid, although far less sensical (laughs) because I was getting close to waking up. Um, And it was, it was just like kind of weird, Um, but you know, it was still fun. And I think that it was like really cute. It was like a cute dream. Um, And then I have those two. And I also think I might want to get to like a couple of listener questions that you guys submitted on the doc. Uh, Like there was one that was like standing out for me that I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit. And I think that's everything I'm planning to do this episode because the story is decently long and it will take quite some time. And then I have that other dream to cover. (laughs) So it'll be good. It'll be fun. And I'm looking forward to telling this really fun story. And I hope you all enjoy. Although first, before we get into that story, because it's going to take me a while, I don't want to forget this question that I wanted to answer. So, and I think that it's like related to the story. So I think it's like good to discuss prior to the story. So the question that that person asked on this listener survey was they asked me what kind of, what kinds of dreams are my personal favorite And I really, really like this question. So thank you to whoever submitted it, because this made me think, like, what are my favorite kinds of dreams? And I think that the answer is the ones that are really vivid when I wake up, like that adds to my ability to enjoy the dream, because if I'm only enjoying it in the moment and when I wake up, it's fuzzy, then like, obviously, it's hard to really appreciate it. 
So first of all, the vividness, but also the dreams where I'm lucid and the plot line is really interesting and also actually like carries through. So the dream isn't just like insane, like all over the place, super inconsistent in the plot line. And I'm just like wandering around trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I don't love those. I like the ones where there's a clear plot plot line going through, like everything is obvious what's happening. Like the same characters are there through the whole dream and it's actually like a real story. And in a lot of these, like the one I'm about to tell, I, I really enjoy going along with the plot of the dream. I like finding out where the story's going and it's really fun for me and interesting. And at the same time, I tend to like tell a lot of jokes that I think are funny that other people don't necessarily laugh at in the dream. But like the whole time I'm just like having a blast, like enjoying the scenery and like making fun of things. And like, it's just fun. Like it's like a little adventure, you know, that I wake up and I'm like, haha, that was so fun. And it's like, it's just very enjoyable. Um, So I think I enjoy the dreams where I just get that really like pure kind of enjoyment from that. So I am lucid and maybe I'm doing things like flying around and stuff or like really like checking out um, almost kind of the behind the scenes of the dream. Like maybe I'll fly up and look at the city around me so I can see the whole thing. But I'm not actually like actively changing anything. You know what I mean? So I'm not doing any manipulation and stuff. And I think that that also stands out because the general association that people have with lucid dreaming tends to be that whole like world manipulation and like changing everything and and all that stuff and that's really not what I tend to do when I lucid dream like there's just a lot of like bad jokes and like (laughs) me getting really excited over stupid things um and just generally enjoying myself so I also think that it's good to like promote that kind of pure enjoyment because then there's also not this big focus on like control and like your skill as a lucid dreamer whatever that means like You don't need to do anything to enjoy it. You can just look around in the dream and be like, this is awesome. You know, that's all you really need. So I think that those tend to be my favorite dreams out of all of them. And obviously it's cool when like my my different characters are there that like I've seen before in other places, but generally like they don't necessarily need to be there. That's just like its own, I guess it's its own kind of thing. And those are, those can be fun too, but it's just different. It's different. So I love those, but I also just generally love the fun ones. So <laughs> obviously I think I've overexplained that. You all understand what I'm saying. And now it's time to get into the real story here. So to begin, the dream started out in a way that a lot of dreams do, which is in a way that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because they have to start somewhere. So at the very beginning of the dream, I was in first person inside of like Minecraft and I was playing with my sister and our friends and then while we were just like doing random stuff um all of a sudden the sky started to like explode and it was like it was insane it was just like all these random explosions in the distance like up in the sky and in the sky above us and then there was literally like a flying saucer coming down in the distance and obviously like something insane was happening this was like the apocalypse it was the end and we were freaking out and we all of a sudden we were no longer in like a video game universe now we were in the real world 
and we were in a park with a huge fountain in the middle of it. And all around us, there was a massive city and we all got separated from each other. And I started running with my sister into the greater city all around the park. And then I ended up losing my sister in the crowd because there were all these people on the streets, like running around, fleeing the explosions that were coming down in the sky, like raining fire and stuff. And I do not know like what the point was that I gained lucidity, but now in this moment I was lucid. And so like I flew up and hovered over the street and this is, this is just like levitation. I didn't have wings or anything. Um, and that goes for the whole rest of the stream as well, because I did a lot of flying in the stream. Um, I just like flew up over the street and I was looking for my sister and thankfully I did end up finding her. She was on a rooftop super close to where I was and I flew over there and landed next to her and like I grabbed her hands and I promised her, I was like, I promise that I will try to let you go first. And what I meant by that was like, I promise that I will try to survive longer than you in this apocalypse so that then you don't have to see me die. And it was just like this intensely emotional, like profound moment, just like surrounded by explosions on like a flat rooftop in a city that oh, I don't, I don't want to say it looks like San Francisco because it didn't, but it was like, kind of like that where like all the buildings were small the streets were very narrow um kind of like it was like an old city you know like a lot of the buildings were older um but all the roofs were flat and uh yeah anyway (laughs) that doesn't matter that much um it was like an older city you know and very narrow streets and people running all around and like I just made this profound promise to her and she was like oh my gosh you know like thank you And then all of a sudden we were interrupted from this extremely emotional, sad moment. Like I had tears in my eyes blurring my vision by this revving sound of like an engine. And I turned to look and on a street on like a hill a little ways over, there's like this gang of bikers and they're like, they're like very stereotypical bikers. Like they all have like assorted amounts of leather And they have these little, like, steampunk-looking goggles on, all of them. And they're so darkly tinted that you can't see through them. And so then they, like, take off coming towards us super quickly. And, like, the engines are super loud. And so my sister and I, we both take off on the rooftops to get away. And then we end up back down on the street. And so we're, like, frantically dodging these pedestrians And somehow by this time, there isn't like this insane crush on the streets anymore. Now people are just walking around like normal and it's the middle of the day. Like there's no more explosions and people are just kind of going about their day and we're like running around them. And then they're having to like jump out of the way of these bikers that are coming after us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the, the people on the motorcycles, like they're chasing us. And my sister, she looks at me while we're running and she's like, they're mopeds. And I was like, what the heck? Like you're taking time to correct me while we're presumably like running for our lives because they're going to attack us or something. And and I, I look back and sure enough, you know, they really are more like little mopeds or like little Vespas or something because they're not full motorcycles. But it was just, it was a hilarious detail. I was like, why? Like, <laughs> why did you take time to correct me while we were running away? But um, anyway, we've been running for quite some time now, 
And I have also been taking these like short flying bursts, just trying to get away from them. But my sister is on foot and we've been totally unable to evade them. They're still coming. And then we get towards, it's like a little circular courtyard, um, almost like a plaza. Plaza is the word that I'm actually looking for. It's not a courtyard. It's a plaza. There's a courtyard later in the dream. Um, so we're in this plaza and there are all these like businesses and stuff around and it's like cobble, um, cobble laid bricks as the street. So very like Europe-esque. And so we get to this plaza and I see this group of like about 14 people and there's like a couple women and then like mostly men and they're all like under the age of like 45 and they're all just like walking through the plaza And I run over to them and I stand directly behind them, putting them between me and the group of the bikers. And then the bikers pull up into the plaza and the people are standing between us and they're looking at me and they're looking at the bikers and they're they're clearly just like, you know, what the heck? And these guys park their bikes in the middle of the plaza and there aren't really that many other people around and the people that are around are kind of leaving because they're like, uh, something's about to go down. And these guys park their bikes and they get off and they kind of like slowly saunter over and they're like, the the leader guy, he's like, you know, are these two part of your gang? And the, and then I, in the dream, like pick just some random dude in the crowd and I'm like, I make up a name on the spot and I don't even know what the name was. Like in my notes, it just says insert random name I made up on the spot so great to see you again. And I hug the guy and I'm like, oh, like, so good to see you again, so-and-so. And like, therefore trying to imply that like, yes, we do know each other. And thankfully, everyone in this group just like goes along with it for no reason. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, whatever. Like they they say something and then we all start, they start walking and I follow them. And the bikers are following after us a little ways, still like trying to engage in a conversation. And so we all walk to the edge of the plaza where there is a part of the ground that is like a ramp going down into what looks like an old garage. And it's the kind of garage where half of it is like almost like uh, it's not basement level, but like half of the garage is underground level. And, like, the top half of it is over, so the windows are, like, half windows, you know what I mean? Like, it's not fully above ground. And so we're in this, like, garage, and it turns out to be, like, a weapons storage for this gang of people that I have pretended to belong to. (laughs) And then, since these bikers are still, like, asking questions, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, I was a mentor to this guy, like, a while ago. And then I turn and look at him again and I realize that he's like really old, you know what I mean? Like too old for me to be the mentor. And I'm not saying that like whatever, like 35 to like 40 or whatever is old, but like for me claiming to be his mentor, he's definitely pretty old. And I'm just like, and then I just like, I bluff through it and they're, cause they're just like, you know, there's no way, like, there's just no way because look at him, you know, and look at you, like, you're too young. And I was like, he is that young. Like, 
he is a great schooler and you guys are talking to him like this? Unbelievable. And the guy, he just like fully like goes into this act. He like drops his head and like shrinks into his shoulders and is just like so like down. And a group member behind me is like, you know, I had a guy in eighth grade in my class who was six one. It can happen. And I chime in and I'm like, right, my friend's brother was 6'3 in eighth grade. Of course, he was like this thin. And then I hold up my hands and I make like a four inch gap between my hands. Because, you know, like a lot of people who are really tall are really skinny. And so I was making this joke. I was like, oh, yeah, in eighth grade, you know, he's he was 6'3. So he's like four inches thin. And the group, there's like, there's like a couple like, ha ha, like these like quiet laughs, but I think it's so funny in the dream and I like fully like throw my head back laughing. I think it's the funniest thing ever. And it was just, it was unbelievable. But anyways, the bikers stopped talking to me because I guess they just decided to not like start a fight. And they start talking very briefly to the dude who's apparently the leader of this gang, who is a really short Argentinian dude who's probably, I think I put in my notes, that he looks to be like 25-ish. Um, and he, they were like talking to him and he didn't have an accent or anything. I just knew that he was Argentinian inherently. And that's the way dreams work sometimes. <laughs> and so then like, the the group that we're in, right, the bikers leave and they like walk back to their bikes and bike away. And the group that the gang that we have apparently now joined, um, they start kind of trickling out of the room. And then I notice that one of the gang members is this dude who was in my class in high school. And I like go over and I like hug him and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so glad you're okay, literally in this apocalyptic setting. And so we talked briefly and then I just like followed the rest of the group and we walk through the city and the city is like, it's really in bad shape. It's starting to become dilapidated. Things are really dirty. Everyone walking around is trying to just not make eye contact with everyone else. People are very much like scurrying along, like not trying to cause trouble, but also like looking pretty shifty. And while we're walking, I get like the distinct idea that I'm very grateful to be in a group and not be walking around by myself at this moment because it's a scary situation. And then right as we get to this huge wall um, on this downward, downward sloped street, we're walking downhill, there's this big wall. And it obviously used to be decorative, like the kind that they would have vines growing up or something. Um, it is no longer decorative. Now it's clearly strategic and it has iron gates on the front and it leads into a courtyard, which is the courtyard that I was talking about before and that I will hopefully try to draw at some point. Um, and inside this courtyard, this is where this gang is living. And these 14 people are just a tiny fraction of the real amount of people who are living in here. Like I got the impression that there were hundreds of people who called this like their home base. And that doesn't mean that they all slept in here like every night or like spent all their time here. But this was obviously a place that they came to like buy things and like store their weapons and like whatever. Like this, this is like a safe base for like a certain group of people. And 
in this place, I want to describe it here really quickly at the beginning. Um, there is a tall building to the left that has like multiple storefront areas on the bottom level. And I don't know what was in the like upper levels of the building because I never went in there. But on the bottom level, on the left side, when you walked into this courtroom, or not courtroom, <laughs> this courtyard area, to the direct left, when you go in, there was like a rather large opening that led into almost like a cafeteria restaurant type situation. And then to the right, there were like tents and like other storage areas. And then all the way in, if you went to the left, then there was like another weapons bunker. And if you just looked straight from the gate when you went in, there was just a flat, extremely tall wall that matched the stone used for the front wall of the courtyard, except this one was way, way, way taller. Like this was probably like a five story wall, I want to say. And later in the dream, I flew up to the top to see what was like over there. Um, so that'll come in a minute. But in the meantime, getting back to the dream, the leader of this gang and this camp starts going through the rules of living in this particular group and like being a part of their society that they have, their little mini like trading society and everything. And so he's telling us the rules and they have their indoor outdoor mess hall, which I talked about, which is to the left. And they have vending machines and piles of snacks. And it's actually inside what clearly used to be an old grocery store. And they have lots of like mismatched tables and chairs and benches and stuff in there for people to eat. And outside there's like this old trellis that still has some vines and stuff growing on it. And they have more seating out front. Just clearly a lot of seating meant for a lot of people. And the whole idea is like, he explained that like, you're supposed to bring back food and weapons and stuff to this group as almost like a tax for being part of it. So that then you have a safe space to rest and like, you can actually buy things from people and know that they're not going to like attack you or whatever and like murder you because they're all trying to be in this like cooperative group, despite the wider chaos all around us. And he was talking about how like, you know, people would come in and leave like every few minutes. At this moment, there were probably like 70 people in the compound. And I want to clarify that he did have a name, this leader guy, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so for the purpose of writing down the dream, I was just like, I'm, I'm naming him Damien. There's not a particular reason for that. I'm just coming up with a random name and I'm giving it to him. And so that's his name for now on. I hope he likes it because that is his name now because I don't know what the heck his actual name was. I'm sorry. Um, he, I want to say again at this point, like he was probably like 25. He was really small, like probably like the same height as me. And I'm not even 5'3". And he had like his, his hair, it was like very like styled for the story. It was like extremely choppy like very poorly cut, <laughs> clearly not by like a stylist, you know, and it was very uneven. And he was really like, I noticed that he was like very like quick in like his movements, but also in like his wit. And so like everything he said was like very purposeful and like very like, it was like straight to the point, like cutting and like 
And I was like, oh, like, clearly he's, like, an intellectual guy, and that's why he's the leader here. Because presumably, like, in this situation, there were people who would want to, like, take that role, you know, as, like, the the leader or the unofficial boss, whatever the heck he was. Um, The president. (laughs) Imagine all these people voting. Um, (laughs) What a system. But, you know, he was, like, the leader and everything. And so he's explaining stuff. And he's explaining the rules of the restaurant and like we can have food and sleep here as long as we contributed, like I said. And the primary thing they wanted was weapons, but they would take anything that was considered useful. So like even building supplies like wood or something, you know, just any useful stuff. And then as long as you gave back a certain amount, then you were allowed to be here and like conduct business here. And now at this point, it was obvious to me that this apocalypse was zombie themed and there were zombies here who ate people and they didn't like turn people into zombies. So this meant that there were still at this moment more people than there were zombies. But as the zombies continued to like decimate the human population, obviously that would probably change. Um, And then Damien's explaining that we could also be paid for our services of like bringing back things to the community if they were of high enough value but we chose if we got paid in money or not and I was just like hey like I have a question (laughs) and he's like yeah and I'm like um if we forego the money then is there an alternate benefit or and he's like yeah alternatively you gain status in terms of standing So like your, just like your status in the community, you get like a higher level. And I don't know what that that means. Like you don't get a badge or something. It's like, it's almost like, um, I mean, you understand what I'm saying, but it's like, there's like the base level of just like people who come to just like trade and sleep and stuff. And then there's the people who are like trying to almost get into like the government positions of the community or like the managing positions. And the only way to get into those kinds of positions is to accept that as your currency instead of money. And I was like, okay, like, obviously, I'd rather have a higher status instead of currency, because clearly, there's no government. So like, who wants money when it doesn't have any value? So I made up that little decision in this like random sidetrack of the plot. And then he continues the tour and he shows us the bunker that I mentioned, which is like to the back of the courtyard. And it had like a ton of guns and explosives, but also power tools and building supplies and a lot of metal in there. And then I left at this point, I left this camp and I flew straight up that wall that was at the back of the community. And I looked out over the city and behind what I thought was a wall, it actually turned out that it was a retaining wall. So it was like a huge retaining wall. And up on top of it, there was another huge plaza. And there was like, there were like these Greek columns going up to a massive, um, not an overhang, but it's like a big roof. I don't know what that's called. And then there was like, um, I think like a fountain or like a statue or something in the middle. And then there was like a huge like it looks like it used to be like an old hotel right up there to the left of me. And then there were like all these like Chinese motifs outside, like these like dragon statues and stuff. And there were people walking around in this little plaza, like it was a tourist area, 
even though it was like a zombie apocalypse. So I guess people were just trying to continue their lives as best they could, which is understandable. Um, But I did notice that the building was extremely dark and no one was going in or out of it. And this is when I realized that like in this dream world where there was no light, that's where you'd find zombies. So during the day you were like reasonably safe on the street because they only come out when it's dark and they don't like the light for some reason. And that includes like artificial light. Um, It's just like any sort of dark area is where they like. So the bigger a building, the greater the risk is that there are just like a ton of zombies in there. And the bigger it is, the harder it is to clear them all out. So in this dream world, there were a lot of places where people were only living in like a very small section of an area. And so you were avoiding like large buildings and these kinds of places where things could be hiding in the dark. Um, So very, very scary. And I was like looking around, you know, and then I got into a fight with this random, incredibly elderly woman. And she started, like, trying to rob me. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I just, like, left. I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to see any more of the city. Like, I'm heading back to my little compound that I now belong to. And night was, like, really falling at this point. So things were getting dark. The sun had, like, set over the horizon. And I flew back down towards the main street outside the courtyard. And I watched everyone, like you know, trying to like duck in there and like other people trying to duck out of the street into their own little buildings and everything. And I went into our courtyard and there were all of these um, trash can fires going and it was like, you know, things were very quiet. People were just chatting and like settling down for the night and I was hungry. So I went to the little cafeteria restaurant place that we had, and I grabbed a bottle of root beer in there, which I was very, very excited to drink. And I sat down next to some random dude, and there are a lot of random dudes in this dream. (laughs) I call everyone that, but there's just a random man sitting at a table, and I sat by him because I didn't know him, and I didn't want to sit by myself. And so I sat there and I like popped it open and I started trying to like have a little chit chat with him. And then the guy like super quietly, clearly trying to not be overheard was like, you know, oh, like you can't just drink something without eating anything. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went over and grabbed a bag of chips from this big like display pile next to me. And then he tisked at me. He was like, and or whatever. That's not what a tisk is. He's like, tisk tisk or whatever. And I was like, you know, I was like, what? And he's like, those cost money. And I was like, oh. And clearly this revealed the use for the currency that I was like, oh, I don't want that. Like, clearly you actually use it to buy food. So that was kind of awkward. Um, And then I sat back down and I just like capped my root beer and kind of sat there awkwardly. And then this random lady comes over and, like, throws a bag of pretzels in front of me. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, thank you. And then he gave me one, too. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. And I start snacking on my pretzels given to me by these two generous strangers. And I'm, like, chatting to the girl. And I, like, take a sip of my root beer. And then I start to feel really not good. And I start to feel dizzy and really tired and very weak. And if you have listened to my stories before, this probably means that the dream is coming to a close or 
like I'm about to fall asleep and fall into a new dream. And I completely fell backwards and it was like going under anesthesia. So it wasn't like I was like going to sleep. It was like, oh yeah, like lights out. And I was just like totally in darkness for a moment. And in real time, I don't know how long this break lasted. Um, It could have been like five minutes, like it was like an actual transition, or it could have even just been for like dramatic effect in the dream. Like, you know, the visuals just got switched off for a second and then they popped back on because then I woke up and I was actually in the same dream world, but I was in a new location And I was now laying down on the ground in the storage bunker, like sideways staring at the wall. And in front of me was a truly disturbing scene. Um, There was a huge group of people and they were having this standoff with this really small group of people who were super close to me. And then it switched to third person point of view. So I wasn't looking from inside my body. I was looking from like a third person, like movie camera point of view. And I watched the corpse of a disembodied man with blue skin, like his head on the ground and he was talking and I was truly horrified. And then the leader of the group, Damien, he steps up and he's like, you know, oh, if he wanted to live so badly that he survived a beheading, then he deserves to live. And so then like his people go over and they like stitch the guy's head back on his body and somehow he survives. And then I switch back to first person point of view. And then Damien like steps up in front of all of us and he gives us this little talk. He's like, guys, someone just tried to take control of the camp and they tried to incapacitate literally all of us who are home so that they could just take over and just, I don't know, like kill us or boot us out, something like they were just going to completely take over and destroy the leadership and they were going to control everything. And I guess like I missed the entire confrontation because I was just like gone on the ground. And as he's talking, I can see that outside it's starting to get light again. So this suggests that I had been incapacitated for the entire night and presumably other members of the group had been as well because like they had drugged all the food and drinks and everything and I don't know how those would all take effect at the same moment um maybe everyone was just gonna eat at the same time for some reason um bad plan on the part of these people launching a coup but you know this this implied that the whole night had passed and Damien is continuing his little speech to all of us in the bunker And he's like, these people who had launched the coup, the reason that they did this is because they're actually working with the vampires. And I'm standing there and I'm like, sorry, sorry, the what? And like, I don't say that out loud. It's just like in my mind, I'm just like, hold the freak up, dude. Like I'm, I'm lucid right now. Like I'm not just like a random, like dream, like um, witness at this point. Like I'm actually thinking through things. So you can't just like change the plot on me like that. And I'm standing there and I'm like, we went from zombies to vampires. Like what is happening right now? And at this point we're all now like outside, like he had moved the meeting outside and I'm like puzzling this out. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh. And out loud, I'm just like, wait. And everyone looks at me and they're like, what the heck? And And I hover like 10 feet over the ground because I'm just like so like excited, just like unbelievable, like that kind of emotion that just like takes over when you're in a dream because everything is so heightened. 
And I was just like, this is just like Seraph of the End. And Damien is like, no, it is not. Just like so angry. And I was just like, I freaking love Seraph of the End. And literally the whole crowd of people, they all just completely ignore me as I'm just like in the sky, like cackling, just like, haha, like I love that show. Like so excited. And I've mentioned this before, like, I love that show. I love Seraph of the End. And the reason that I was dreaming about it on this particular night is because I'm reading through the manga and I have not finished it. I think I'm like a little over halfway through all of them. There are actually a ton. I thought that there were way fewer, Um, but I'm like halfway done. And so I was reading it before bed on this night and then it obviously like impacted this dream, but I freaking love that show. It's so good. They're making another season too. Like it was canceled in like 2017. And then I was truly devastated because I was like, what the heck? Like that was so good. And I wasn't watching it in 2017. I watched it last year, actually, I think in 2022, I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then it ended and there it was canceled in 2017 and there were no new episodes. Um, but they just renewed it. So I think it's coming out in like 2024. They're going to continue it. Um, and I don't know about the voice acting or anything. I don't know if it'll be different or the same or what, but the studio, they, they renewed that show. And also like, I think a couple other ones that I like as well. So I'm very excited about all of that. Um, but anyway, that doesn't super matter. Um, but I was just like, ah, like, I'm so excited, like, it's so fun, and, like, everyone was just completely ignoring me, like, so done, they're like, please, like, stop, <laughs> like, contain yourself, and so I, like, I calmed down, okay, like, I chilled out, and they were very unhappy about my ability to remember the fact that before we had been dealing with zombies, and now we were dealing with vampires and maybe zombies at the same time, I don't know, it wasn't super clear, and quite suddenly after I calm down, there is a random vampire that like jumps down from the super high um, wall that leads to the plaza in front of the old hotel. And he is dressed in like the traditional like Seraph of the End outfit, which, you know, obviously I'm standing there and I'm just like, haha, like I was so right. Um, and <laughs> I was very proud that I had caught on, you know. And he, like, attacks everyone, but it's very weird because it's, like, a very, like, dramatic attack, and it's not, like, I mean, how do I describe this? Because, like, it's an attack, but it's a psychic attack, so it's, like, a telepathic thing, so everyone, obviously, they, like, try to run away, but this dude has, like, this telepathic ability, so he stops everyone in their tracks, and we all can't move, and... He's, like, going on this little, like, explanation of, like, his, like, orchestrating the coup and, like, how it was so easy. And as he's doing this, we all start, like, waltzing. And so there's, like, a very odd scene where, like, this whole group of people, we're all just, like, waltzing in this big um, courtyard. And he's just, like, standing at the front, like, giving this speech about his evil plan and, like, taking over and everything and how pathetic our civilization is, and like, it's so ridiculous, we thought we could rise up and actually build a society when we're so inferior, and there's just like this whole long dramatic thing, and we're all just waltzing, and then 
from behind him, after a few minutes, these people, like, they lunge out of the weapons storage because I guess there were still some people in there. And they start, like, shooting at him and, like, throwing, like, grenades at him or something. Like, they attack. And so everyone else who's in the courtyard, we just, like, take off. We just, like, run. And then we end up inside of a warehouse and I could not tell you how we ended up there. Like, I don't, I don't remember a transitional scene. I don't remember anything. It's just all of a sudden we're in a warehouse and I'm there with Damien and some random blonde guy who has not been in the dream before now. And I'm just like, ha ha ha, like you're you and he's Mika. <laughs> Damien's just like, why are you doing this? You know? And I was just like, it's not me. Like it was, it was deeply funny for me. It was not deeply funny for him. Um, you know, he was he was clearly in his role, and and this really ruined it for him. Um, but we were in like a Costco, and things from here just started really going downhill. Like there was not a plot. We were just trying to escape Costco, and the dream actually ended before we could escape Costco. We were just in the warehouse building, like going along the aisleways. And in the corners of the store, there were, like, actual, like, guard towers with people at the top looking down to, like, search for people who, like, infiltrated the store. Um, and it was all very, very silly, quite ridiculous. And I realized in the dream that this Costco, like, this version of Costco was the same as one from a dream that I had had a few days before. And... I remembered because in this particular dream, this guy was like talking to me and he introduced himself and he was like, he was like flirting with me and like, he was like trying to like, I don't know, he was trying to do something, you know, he was flirting with me and I like, he introduced himself to me and in the dream, I was like, I know this is a dream. Like I need to remember his name, you know, like I'm going to try to start remembering names. And so he's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I was like, oh, hi so-and-so you know I'm Jennifer and then like I even said it like you're supposed to to remember someone's name and then I woke up and I could not remember what it was I, I don't know what his name was and I know kind of what it was like it was one of those names that's like oh yeah like that's a name like if you were gonna pick a name it would be that it was something like Samuel you know it was like uh, a name that's kind of just like a classic name <laughs> It's like Samuel or like Robert, like one of those. And <laughs> all the Samuels and Roberts out there are just like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> I don't need to explain it. You understand what I'm talking about or you don't. Um, and that actually brings us to a close of this dream. Um, I was very excited in the dream. Um, obviously, at many points, I had a lot of fun in this dream. It was really enjoyable for me in case you didn't catch the fact that I was like fully just like dying of laughter at multiple points um, due to my own jokes and also like assertions that the people in the dream really did not appreciate. Uh, so it was fun for me. It was good. And it's been a shockingly long story and I still have another full dream story to tell. So I guess this is going to be my longest solo episode ever. So I hope all of you are ready to get into the next part of this same episode, which is a story of a dream that I had this same night 
and you don't need to worry because it is a lot shorter than the dream I just covered, but it is also very fun, and there's even a little Asher cameo, which is great because when I was looking for this story, I didn't have to look very long, but I was thinking, like, because a lot of you have, like, asked, you're like, oh, like, we need more, like, stories with, like, your dream characters and stuff, and I was just like, like, they don't really show up all that much, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, like, six months will go by, and I'm just like, maybe they'll never come back again, (laughs) and then they'll be there, and I'm like, oh, like, they're back, but I don't know, maybe they're out there visiting other people's dreams and playing different roles, and you know, all that stuff. But who really knows? Ask them if you see them in your dreams. Ask them what they've been up to, because I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's it's a fun dream. It's just a lot shorter. So in this one, I am in a hotel. And then outside, there is a football, like an American football, stuck in a power line. And some guy grabs it and gets electrocuted. And then I get ready to dial 911, but then I see that someone outside has already called it. And to clarify, we are at an extremely nice hotel, and the football field is in the middle of the hotel in, once again, a huge courtyard. For some reason, courtyards and plazas are like a theme for this night of sleep. And then at this point, it's between like midnight and 2 a.m., and so I go back to sleep, and so does everybody else. And then in the morning, I wake up, and so does my family and the family friends that we've gone to this hotel with, and we all get up at 6.30, and we are looking for a new hotel, and then we drive past what looks like the Madonna Inn, which is, I don't even know where what that city is. Oh my goodness, is that in San Luis? Um, but the Madonna Inn, it's like a hotel in California. It's on the central coast. If you Google up Madonna Inn, California, it's going to come up. Um, but it's like an iconic hotel, um, central coast. It's very pretty. I've never stayed there, never been in it, but I drive past it all the time because my grandmother lives really close to it. My great grandmother. So I see it a lot. Um, and it was in this dream and we end up in a hotel across the street from the Madonna Inn, which is not real, but in this dream, that's where we are. And I am like lucid now. And I'm looking at the hotel and like the construction they have on a, like on a pool at the hotel. And then there's like a weird dance routine between me and like random people and also my sister. And then we end up going out into the forest and we start playing like a little like pretend game like you do when you're kids like and it's weird too because obviously you're in a dream so like things that are fantastical don't have to be pretend but we're all just like playing a little pretend game and on the side like I'm reading um I'm reading one of the Kibra of the Lost Cities books and that's a series that I actually do read and in the book I'm reading or not in the book in the dream I'm reading one of those books and it's also like a mix between it's a mix between the Keeper of the Lost City series and also the Pegasus series by Kate O'Hearn, which oh my goodness, they're both so good. And even like I read both of those, I think in even like pre middle middle school, like I started both of them when I was like ten, and then I read them all the way through high school. Um, and Keeper of the Lost Cities, I'm still waiting for that to end because it's going to be like book 11 coming out. Like the author cannot be stopped. She just keeps extending the series. I think it was originally supposed to end on book eight 
and now we're looking at book 11. Um, very exciting, but in this like pretend game that we're playing where I'm like sitting there reading, um, everyone's pretending that we're living in this like bunker. And so we're like playing in like a, like, you know, like a huge, um, concrete drain pipe that there are sometimes running under roads and stuff. That's like our bunker in the dream. And then everybody gets called away because it's dinner time. And I was just like, okay. And I, there's like this one character in the dream, um, who was like playing the game with us and I was lucid, like, um, yeah, I was lucid. And so I was like, oh, like he kind of reminds me of Asher, but like, that's, that's not him. And then when everyone gets called away to go to dinner, then I follow after them because I want them to like, I want to keep playing. I don't want to just like stop. And so I go with them when they're all going to get dinner and then when I get there to the house where they're all going to, everyone is eating in the dining room. And it's a very, very weird situation because the dining room is like a normal room, right? But then at, at the door where there's, or at the wall where there's no doorway, where the opposite head of the table is, if that makes any sense at all, um, there, there actually is like Asher sitting over there. And I was just like, oh. And so like, I go like, they're all like having dinner, right? And I like, sneak back like behind him and there's like an opening like a cutout in the wall that's almost like a window but there's no window there and I'm just like I like whisper I'm like hey man like are you guys gonna be done soon because like I'm ready to go back out and like keep playing the game and he's just like oh yeah like we'll be done in a minute like don't even worry about it and I was like okay and so then I like go into the laundry room of the house and like I use the bathroom and that's one of those things where people are like, oh my gosh, like, don't use a bathroom in your dreams. And also, like, some people just can't. But, like, I fully have dreams where I, like, use the bathroom and nothing happens. Like, I don't wet the bed or anything. It's just, I don't know. It just happens sometimes. Um, but I used the bathroom and then I left and I, like, outside the house, I just kind of flew away. And then I noticed a building and I went into it. And it was a huge, extremely ornate library with wood and red and gold features inside of it, like very much like um, dark wood tones and everything, just like super ornate and beautiful, multiple stories and extremely high ceilings, like very like Bell's library in Beauty and the Beast. And I start reading this book and it is the new one by Holly Black, um, The Stolen Heir. And that's not actually one that I've read in real life yet. I read her other series. I read the Cruel Prince series, but I haven't read this one yet. And in the dream, I'm like reading it. And then my sister comes over out of nowhere and she's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you're reading that. Like Holly Black's books are so trash. There's so much smut. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, there isn't. And she's like, yes, there is, like, unbelievable, gross. And the reason that this is funny is because my sister has read them too. And also that's not the case. So I did think that that was very, like, I was in the dream. I was, like, indignant. I was like, how could you say that? Like, what are you talking about? And then out of nowhere, one of my high school classmates arrives, who was this guy that, like, had a very obvious um, crush on me during high school, but he was one of those people who doesn't know what to do about that. And so our interactions were very awkward. 
And um, I distinctly recall that one day I wore this necklace that he didn't like. And it was like this lace um, choker necklace. And I thought that it was very pretty. And I liked it. And it was new. And then when he saw me wearing it, he was like, you shouldn't wear that. And I was like, what? Like, excuse me? Because we were not friends. And this is real life. Like, he said this to me in real life when he saw me wearing this. And I was like, what the heck did he just say to me? And he was like, oh, I just don't like it. And I was like, I literally do not care. And that was one of the most insane interactions I had in high school. I was like, dude, like, we're not friends. Like, don't talk to me about what I wear and what I like. Like, genuinely just so weird. Um, But I saw him in this dream. And so I was like, dude, like, what? Like, why are you here? And then he, like, saw the earrings that I was wearing. Because I guess I was wearing, like, these long dangly chain earrings. And he was like someone could like attack you by grabbing one of your earrings. And I was like, it would just rip out. Like, what are you talking about? And I just almost said his real name, but, <laughs> but I won't. Um, and I was like, dude, like, what the heck are you talking about? And then all of a sudden my dad is there and he like walks over to this guy that I don't like. And he like shakes his hand and he's like, oh, like, um, he's like, oh, like, nice to meet you. And I was like, what the heck? Like, dad, do not shake his hand. He's harassing me about my earrings. And then all of a sudden I, oh no, but before I wake up, I just want to say like a, a really funny thing in the dream. My dad is like talking to him for just a second, the split second before I wake up. And he's like, wow, you're really tall for 14. And in the dream, I was just like, he's not 14 anymore. Like he's no, like he's in his 20s now because he was in the same class as me. So clearly he's not 14 anymore. And then I woke up and I was just like, what is going on? And like, I remembered this dream and I remembered the dream before this, which I just told already. So this morning I spent like an hour and a half writing down dreams and it was just like this insane thing. And like, I wrote um, some of the first dream on paper and then it was taking so long, like a full hour had passed and I was like, this is not going to work. And so then I switched over to my computer and I wrote out all of the rest of this online. And I actually realized when I was looking at this that I had not printed it out yet. So I found it online and like I'm printing the whole thing and I'm actually putting it in my journal. But at first I was super freaked out because I thought that I had forgotten to write down the rest of the first dream and I was like devastated, but I got it. It's all good. So we are happy about that. So I think that this will bring us to a close on these two dreams. Um, I'm quite happy with them. I am glad that I got to tell these little stories that I was so excited to tell. Like when I woke up this night, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell this on the podcast. But I was also like, Oh, like another like embarrassing, like stupid dream, like based on the show that I like. But, you know that's fine. We all are like, you know, that's fine. That's normal. Um, we all have that experience. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's good. Um, I'm not that embarrassed, obviously. Otherwise I wouldn't be sharing it. I just, it's, it's embarrassing in like a silly way that I'm like, haha, funny. Um, but yeah, that will bring us to a close this episode and um, if you want to fill out the form that I was talking about before, that's not going to be linked in this episode because I have already linked it three times or two times or whatever. 
and you guys are just not filling it out. So no more chances. You need to go back to those other episodes to their descriptions if you want to fill it out. Um, but thank you to everyone who did so. I appreciate it. And I will be using those results as references moving forward. So I hope that all of you enjoyed this episode. I hope you liked these stories. And this has turned into quite the lengthy episode as well. And I think that that's great. And I'm also putting it out only a week after the last episode I released, which if you've been paying attention, you know that I've been releasing like every two weeks. And I'm really, really trying to do every single week, every single Monday, because that's like my ideal release schedule. Um, it's just that things were, you know, pretty insane at school. And I just, I just do school all the time now. Um, but I am trying to do every single week and trying to be more reliable for you guys. So you know that you have content coming. So I hope that you appreciate this extra long episode only a week after the last one came out. And if you're not following the podcast wherever you're listening, please do that. If you have not yet rated it, especially if you want to give it a good rating, then please do that. And now that I have an iPad, I can actually see your Apple Podcast reviews. So post some more reviews on there. The last written reviews we got on Apple Podcasts are all from like one or two years ago. So give us some fresh reviews wherever you're listening. Um, I would really appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Um, keep doing what you're doing. And I will continue to listen to your suggestions. I'm going to try to get out more storytime episodes, some more like back to basics episodes, um, just general like lucid dreaming how to stuff because a lot of my audience are people who are trying to lucid dream and also new lucid dreamers who have done it like a few times. So I have heard you and that's the direction that I'm moving forward in. So thank you all so much for listening and dream on. <laughs>